to meditate for the next few minutes on the topic till Shiloh comes. I know that many people are running away from till Shiloh comes because they say that it is associated with Brother Buju. I know where he got that from. It came from where? The Bible. And I have associated with the Bible. Amen. And then again, I hope I won't offend anybody. Because I know that some people are not very happy when we pick up Christmas themes at this time of the year. But let me lay, lay it clear on the table. We know that the whole Christmas thing is not what it seems to be. We do not believe that Jesus was born on the 25th of December. It doesn't fit in with the climatic conditions of there and all that kind of business. And we know also that there are lots of pagan roots to, 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 the, to the date, the 25th of, of December. It's with all kinds of, of, of worship, of course, deities and all that thing on that day. But you know, I realize that around this time, lots of people are very happy. And even though they're very happy about Santa Claus and Jingle Bells and Pretty Lights and so on and so forth, and happy because there's a little extra money in the pocket to spend usually, they're happy because family and friends come home, and they're happy sometimes because they are, have imbibed a little bit and got and have a little of the wrong spirit. But, this is also a time when many people are focused on the birth of Christ and what Jesus means to them. And if we are God's people, when everybody else is looking at Jesus, where should we be looking? Certainly not away. And so, as people's hearts and minds are receptive to the Word, let us turn to the Word and again revel and rejoice in the wonderful events of Two thousand years ago, and what it means to us. So I invite you to bow your heads with me in prayer as we seek God's guidance. Loving Father in heaven, truly we are blessed because you are our God. And we thank you, Lord, that when we come here in response to your call to meet on this your holy day and to worship you, when we come, you have promised that we will receive a blessing, and we come hungry for that blessing. So we open your words, because the bread of life is the word. Feed us today, we pray. Take from our minds anything that would distract us and cast the demons from this place. And just let your Holy Spirit reign supreme, so that we might live here filled with the joy of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Old man Jacob was on his way out. He knew that his time had come. He was going to die. And he called his sons around him, the sons of Jacob. And in Genesis chapter 49, it is recorded that he placed a blessing on each of his sons. And as he blessed them, he was also predicting a future for them and for their descendants. In verse 10 of Genesis chapter 49, we come across his blessing that was pronounced upon his son, Judah. 
Jacob laid his hands on Judah and he said, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. Until Shiloh comes. Shiloh. The word Shiloh, we are told, means peace. And this word coming from Jacob is counted as one of the messianic promises of the Old Testament. In other words, it was a prophecy of the coming of Jesus. Jacob was saying, Judah, you and your descendants will rule in Israel until Shiloh, until our peace, until Jesus, until the Messiah comes. Shiloh, our peace. There is another prophecy over in Isaiah. And we all know that one so very well. Most of us, I think, can repeat that one by heart. It's found in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And it says what? For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called what? Wonderful and Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace, Shiloh, until Shiloh comes. This is the season of peace and goodwill. And many people take this very seriously. The story is told that in World War I, the forces of the Allies were gathered on one side and the Germans on the other side. And in the trenches, it had been raining. And the soldiers dug in in those trenches were settled down there. It was cold, it was wet, it was muddy. There was blood and the sights and smell of war all around. But it was the 25th of December. And as these bitter enemies settled down in their trenches, killing one another, suddenly somebody broke out in song. Out on the battlefield 
and somebody got up from the German trenches and walked out on the battlefield and they greeted each other, wishing each other. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 yes. Yes, sir. And for a few hours, peace reigned on the battlefield. Because somebody remembered the birth of the prince. Peace. Sadly, it did not last. It did not last. Jesus said in St. John chapter 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Peace I leave with you. He was leaving, but this was his legacy to us. His peace. The story is told that the king was dying. At least the king was dead. And there was no close relative to take the throne. But there was a cousin somewhere. And they started hunting for that cousin to come and take the crown. Because he had inherited the crown. It was his legacy. And they searched and searched and searched all over the place and couldn't find him until finally somebody discovered him. He was on the outside of a bar lying in a gutter, drunk. And right above his head was a sign which said, if anybody knows where to find the cousin of the king, he needs to come and claim the throne. The unclaimed legacy. And so many of us, Christ has left his peace for us. But we have not claimed that legacy. When Jesus came, our scripture reading tells us in St. Luke chapter 2. It was a time when the Romans were oppressing the Jews. It was a time when there was a, a spirit of rebellion in the heart of every Jew. It was a time when Pharisee was against scribe and scribe against Pharisee and the rulers against the common people. There was no peace in the land. But Galatians 4 verse 4 says, in the fullness of time, at the right time, Jesus came. And he came to this earth. And the angels in heaven were excited about Jesus' mission of peace to reconcile earth with heaven, man to man and man to God. And as they, they, they wanted to make this wonderful announcement of peace, but as they looked in the palaces and they looked in the, in, in, in the boardrooms and they looked in the churches, they could hardly find anybody who was ready to receive the news. But then Luke said, Luke chapter 2 says, out there on the hillside, there were some shepherds, humble people, simple people, looking for the coming of the Messiah. Yes, they had found them. The Bible said that the angel appeared and made the announcement. And then there was a host of angels because heaven was all excited about this mission of peace. And they came and they announced. The Bible didn't say this. Suddenly, the choir of heaven was there. And they struck up the music. 
I wish I had been there, Pastor, just to hear that song. Peace. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Everywhere. It's in Syria, it's in Yemen, it's in France. 
Where in one weekend we are told they spent, they, they cost them over four million dollars just the rioting in Paris alone. And then there's good old Jamaica. Crime and violence right here in Ayala. In 2017 we are told there were 1,615 murders in Jamaica. Right here. And then less than three million of us. According to the observer in on the, 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 the most recent today's observer, I think it is December 22, that's right. Um, we are not as number one, the number one country in the world. That would be nice not to have to be number one. Number, 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 number one. Listen, we're the number one country in the world in terms of violence against women. Are we still growing? Are we number one? And we're told that violence in Jamaica is costing us 5% of our GNP. In other words, $70 million per year. And this is a Christian country. We have a record of having more churches per square mile than any other country in the world. The unclaimed legacy. There is aggression in our people. When you drive on the streets, you see aggression. Nobody wants to wait. Nobody wants to be seen as smaller than anybody else. Right? A gentleman said to me yesterday that we have given a new meaning to the word disrespect. Because the slightest little thing we claim that somebody dismissed. And there is aggression. There is aggression in our politics. There is aggression in, uh, in, 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 in Parliament. There is aggression in our families. And there is aggression in church. There are certain times of the year, sometimes around October, November, you know, when sometimes we see a little bit more of it than usual. Interpersonal conflicts among us. There's aggression even in our love relationships. With husband against wife and wife against husband and husband beating wife and wife, cussing husband and the children being abused. And all of these are the outgrowth of internal conflicts. We're told that in 2016, there were 55 cases of suicide in Jamaica. And in a survey that was done recently by the Jamaica Psychological Association, published in September 2018, it is said that in the 13 to 29-year-old cohort, more than 53% of our young people say that they have at some point in time contemplated suicide. Internal conflicts. A lot of the wars in the world have been fought 
over religion. 7% we are told of the wars historically have been fought over religion. And even though most of these can be traced to Islam, a lot of these are Christian wars. Christian? Yes, Christian wars. As a matter of fact, you know the story of the Dark Ages. It is estimated that over 50 million Christians were wiped out by other Christians because they did not believe what they believed. And history speaks to us of the Crusades, where Christians went out and went into Muslim countries and fought wars in an effort to convert them to Christianity. The Spanish Inquisition. We like to talk about Christopher Columbus and Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand. But it was the same sweet little Isabella and nice guy Ferdinand who set up the Spanish Inquisition where so many Christians were killed because they would not obey what the church at that time was saying. Even among us as Christians, there's conflict inside. And the Apostle Paul says in Romans about himself, he said, the good things that I want to do, I don't do. And the bad things that I don't want to do, those are the things I do. And when that happens, it is because there's a war raging inside of me. And something that is trying to take me over. Conflicts. Where is the peace? My brothers and sisters, peace will not be found or peace will not come through legislation, through any laws passed in Parliament. Peace will not come through social or states of emergency. Peace will not come through any organization that are set up like the United Nations or any other peace pact. Peace will not come because of some high philosophy. Peace will not come because people will achieve prosperity. Peace will not come just as because of the presence of religion. No! Jesus, when he says, I leave peace with you, he says, not as the world giveth. In other words, the world will offer you peace and the world will say, we can give you peace. But I do not give you peace or offer it as the world says because the world does not even understand the word peace. But in Ephesians chapter 2, there's a wonderful passage here. Ephesians 2, I read from verse 13 and through verse 14. It says, but now in Christ, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace. Who is our peace? It did not just say that Christ gives us peace. It says that Christ is our peace. He is Shiloh. And peace will not come until Shiloh comes. Amen. You see, my brothers and sisters, Jesus alone knows how to bring peace. Amen. How do we know that? Because conflict started in heaven. In Revelation chapter 2 verse 7 we are told there was war in heaven. War came with the rebellion of 
Satan. And when Satan comes, there is sin. And sin has to do with a rebellion against God and against his will. In Isaiah 59, we are told that our sins have separated us from God. It is the presence of sin that brings the presence of conflict, the presence of war. And as long as there is sin, there will always be war. Bob Marley sings about war. And he quotes from our national hero that until people recognize that a man is not defined by the color of his skin and all that and so on and so forth, there will be war. But I'll take it further than Brother Marley took it. I will tell you that until men and women recognize that without Christ ruling their lives, there will not be peace. Jesus said it. He said it in John chapter 10. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Hold on. Just a minute. Didn't Jesus say, peace I leave with you? So how is it that the very same Jesus in St. John chapter 10, 34 to 36 is saying, I have not come to bring peace, but I have come to bring a sword. To turn father against son and son against father and wife against What does he mean? It means what he said. He said that if they hated me, they will also hate you. And as long as the great controversy is going on, there will be conflict because the controversy itself is a conflict. Romans 8 verse 7, the Apostle Paul says, the carnal mind is enmity against God. We are enemies of God. And where there are enemies, where there is animosity, there is no peace. And so peace comes first when we make our peace with God. And then the other peace will follow. So Jesus said, <laughs> Come unto me, all ye that labor, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe us with me. Trouble will come, but where Jesus is, the trouble will go. We need to understand peace, therefore. There's a little story about an artist. And he responded to a call from one of his patrons who wanted to paint a picture of peace. And he was offering a large sum of money for any artist who could paint the best picture of peace. And artists came from all over the place and there were some wonderful entries. There was somebody who painted a beautiful sunset over the sea with a shimmering waves. There was somebody else who, who painted a picture of a mother with a child on, on, on her breast. But the picture that won the prize was a picture of a crackling landscape. Dark skies, flashing lightning, crashing waves on the sea. But in this huge crackling rock, there was a little crevice, and in the crevice was a nest 
In the midst of all the storm, this baby bird had peace because she was under the wings of her mother. This is where our peace comes. We find our peace in Jesus. And so, I wind up by saying that Jesus has promised to give us peace. The Apostle Paul said, be worried about nothing. But in all things, let, 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 let's, let's, let's read this verse right back. This is one that we should read together. Philippians chapter 4. I like the technology that puts it on the screen. But I also love when I hear that I believe us later. Philippians chapter 4. Verse 4 and onwards, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Listen now, he says, Be careful or be anxious about nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto And here is verse 7. What does it say? And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And so, as we celebrate the birth of Christ, careful who I say that. We need to celebrate his peace. Amen. We need to embrace him and let him come into our hearts that his peace might reign with us. Because the unclaimed legacy he wants to give to us, to each and every one. But we must open our hearts to receive him. Not until Shiloh comes to our hearts will there be peace in our hearts. And not until there is peace in our hearts will there be peace in our relationships. And not until there is peace in our relationships will there be peace in our communities. And not until we have peaceful communities will we have a peaceful world. Finally, there is a sad note in all of this. Because as we read the prophecies of the Bible, we realize that peace will never fully come to this world until the end of the world. Jesus said that there will be wars, that the rumors of wars. And Paul in, in, in Timothy, and, and in first, uh, second Timothy chapter 3, and Peter in second Peter chapter 3, they all speak to this thing that towards the end of time, animosities and anger and conflicts will increase worse and worse and worse. But just like that painting of the little bird against the backdrop of all these conflicts, this is where the true peace of God will be understood. Because when you see the wars all around and you see God's people who are living in peace in the midst of conflict, then and only then will we truly understand peace. And so let the peace of God be in your heart today and my heart today. It is not a matter of religion. Because even in Jamaica, with so many Christian people during this season talking about the peace of God, there's animosity and conflict in between. 
between the religions. It is not a matter of church. It's not even a matter of the doctrines as true as they may be. It has to do with your relationship with God and my relationship with God. And if there is be peace in the world, it must be inside of me. So the song says, Let me be and let it be